Welcome to Space Action Podcast, a division of Space Action Heroes, a webcomic you can find at spaceactionheroes.com. I'm DC and Chama. I'm Chris. Oh, God. Oh, God. See, that's why you don't smoke on the podcast. I'm smoking on the podcast. That's just the, 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 the first time yeah. you're actually having a cigarette well, on the I show. Because I can't have cigarettes in your house, Yeah, but now I can. Sweet irony. Um, Speaking of choking. Chris Carson chokes on everything. No. Um, <laughs> what are we talking about this week? Uh, about the ending of that there Game of Thrones. You think the writers landed it? Yeah, they sullied it. <laughs> they totally sullied it. It was. Um, Are you trying to be punny? No, oh. no. <laughs> but um, oh, give me a place to put a clip in. Oh, I don't know. Maybe somewhere around. Yeah. Everything you did brought you where you are now. Where you belong. Doesn't tire. Doesn't stop. Doesn't feel. Well, that was sure was a clip from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I wonder what season it was from. God knows, because it's been a shit show for the last three. So Game of Thrones just ended. I don't want, okay, and like this is another one where I want to set out the pre uh, what do you call it? The disclaimer. I don't want to sound like the grumpy old man. But I think everyone is sounding like the grumpy old man right now. But I have been feeling like this for a while now about this show, specifically since they've gone off book. It's ironic that everyone's getting pissed about season eight, and it's like, have you not watched the past yeah. three seasons? I th- like, honestly, this felt kind of par for the course. I was like, listen, there's not a lot of places to go no. since the last season, so what are you pissed about? Like, I honestly feel like just some like like rejiggering of events in season eight could have saved it. And earlier, like, you got all the wasted time. I think time. season seven and season and six are lost cause. But like it seemed like there's so much lost time in there. If mm-hmm. you took out everything that was kind of airy, like Dorn, mm-hmm. the Jamie scouring on Dorn with Braun and all that, <sighs> and spend a little bit more time, I guess and at this point it's not a spoiler. Everyone's fucking seen it. Yeah, you know, this is spoilers from stage one. Um so. the, like, you know, you could have built up the idea of like Daenerys is not an ideal leader. Right. Maybe she is a little bit too impulsive and violent to be a proper leader. So that the hard left turn of her turning into the Mad Queen wasn't so jarring. Because mm-hmm. um, I, like, whenever it happened, I remember watching it and having two reactions, being like, really, we're going there? And then wanting to be mad, but then really thinking about it, I'm like, no, it's been in her character mm-hmm. to just be like, oh, I kill, I take my clan by fire and blood, like, oh, since day one. You I'm know? totally on board with her going Mad Queen, mm-hmm. but like, I was saying to you earlier, I think the, my big issue is the laziness that they just cut, copy-pasted her father's madness onto her. her burn them all and all, all we know about him is that he wanted to burn the city down if his enemies got the better of him. But I feel like Daenerys' madness, which again, all cool, making her the Mad Queen. That's great Game of Thrones sure. level twist. 
but make her a mad queen like like a like an extremist social justice warrior. Right. Make her so hell bent on protecting the innocent that she's doing the wrong things for the right reason. Right. Instead of just the wrong things for the wrong reason. Right. Which is what she did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and like that, that, I remember the second I realized like this is not going to be a corner you can write yourself out of was whenever they killed um, my girl. They killed my girl, Melisandre. Melisandre? Who randomly showed up out of the, literally walked out of the shadows like a like a red deus ex machina to light the swords on fire. I'm sorry, not the red lady. Um, the red Missandei, Missandei. Oh, Missandei. I'm sorry, I, was, I get them mixed up. The black chick, the only black woman on the entire series. Thing. What's Grey Worm? Uh, his name? He got fat, that actor. Did he? I didn't uh, notice in this season. In this season, did he? He got, like, a double chin going. Oh, I didn't notice. So I'm looking at this guy who's supposed to be an ultimate warrior, but then I'm like, I guess he had his balls cut off, so without the testosterone, is he blubbered Maybe, up a yeah, little? a little bit. You know, it's like a cat, you know? Yeah. You get fixed, it just gets to eat some more. <laughs> it's a little tubby. <laughs> um, but anyways. <laughs> whenever they killed her, I was like, I see what you're doing. You're trying to back her into a corner so she has no other way yeah. to to reclaim the throne uh, other than being violent. After what... Uh, John said, you know, it kind of fucking puts her in this position where it's like, all right, now her claim to the throne, the thing she's been fighting for for almost a decade, is now jeopardy, is in question. I don't buy that's enough of an incentive for her to completely forget that she's been fighting for the innocent and the slave and fighting, you know, slavers enough to kill an entire populace. No. That wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for Cersei Lannister. Like, if this was like a populace that was. Like, against her, let's say it was just a bunch of people on King's Landing mm-hmm. who were like, no, fuck Daenerys Targaryen, we've come here we're because we're... Ground. Yeah, but literally, she, they were just there for protection. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I can't believe that she would just, just to prove her point because, quote, I'm not loved enough this yeah. far north. I need... Well, because Jon Snow wouldn't fuck her for no apparent reason. Because mm. I guess we're supposed to imply that he didn't want to have sex with his aunt. But it was all, like, acting through facial expression, and it's like, Kit Harrington isn't... The greatest actor in the world. He's got like two speeds. He's got two speeds. So I didn't. I was like, why won't you just fuck Daenerys? What's going on? Why do you keep saying I love you and then not touching her, which is getting her horny mad? So wait, <laughs> you're talking about like the second last episode, yeah. right? But he, like ever since he found out, every time she'd go and try and kiss him, he'd be like, mm, and like look away and walk away, and she'd get a little more pissed off, right? Like, a little hornier and a little more angry, right? So why, why? Give us a little one line of dialogue of like, you're my aunt, I can't. That's like, true. Something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is blind adherence of like, she's our queen. And I'm oh. like, yeah, but dude, you, you have your best friend, Sam. Ask him how much of a fucking loyal leader and fucking, you know, just and kind she is. He fucking murdered her. His, his family. His whole family. But also, this is a character, like, all the characters lost all their dimensions. They all became cartoon versions of themselves in the mm. last few seasons. Mm-hmm. But this is a guy who literally killed his superior officer to go undercover, departed style, with wildlings. Mm. And now he's someone who's, she's my queen. Yep. I can't. He literally just kind of <laughs> goes where he's told. He's not like a liberator in any right. sense of any, like he has no heroic act whatsoever. Like other than fighting in the Battle of Winterfell, I was like, but everybody did. The little girl stabbed a giant in the eyeball, right. dude. Like everyone had to fight. Um, But I, there's, there's a can of worms it about is. the Battle of Winterfell, which I do want to get into. Yeah. But I do want to say too that Daenerys' madness had always cropped up and her advisors had kind of kept her in check. But her madness was always directed at those who deserved it. Yep. So she was never like, I want to go kill children. Like, whoa, mm-hmm. calm down. There mm-hmm. was like, I want to go kill slave masters. Like, right. whoa, calm down. So it was such a hard turn with no uh, motivation to dictate it ever happening. Right, right. And again, like, I just, I can't buy the fact that, like, she wanted to rule by fear. 
as opposed to love. And I'm like, I get that. Like, you know, the whole shows I find very critical of, like, you know, capitalism and, like, you know, the way the Western world went around colonizing the world. Mm-hmm. Fucking ruling everybody by fucking money and, you know, uh, aggression. I get that. But, like, with her, it's just, like, that doesn't really... A hard left turn like that doesn't really make sense to me. That like, you think that killing children is the best... Killing people's families and children is the best way to rule them all. Right. That, like, this is going to complete... That that doesn't fall in line with all the ideologies you've been pushing for the past, no. like, seven years. They just wanted that imagery of, like, of, of like this foreign army standing over a burnt ashes. Also, is this show just taught me to not like foreigners or women? <laughs> is that the message that the show was going for? Because Sansa went full, um, full fucking Queen Cersei at the end by saying, uh, oh, "We're not going to be part of the Seven Kingdoms anymore." So all she's doing is laying the dominoes for her heirs to contest Brandon at some point because they right. share a bread bloodline. She's just setting up more wars in the future because she doesn't want to listen to anyone like what was what was the point of the north staying independent after yeah all that? especially because now that you got a stark sitting on the throne you think the north would be in his best exactly interest. Yeah. Like, we'll never bow down to another foreign king it's your it's brother. literally it's the lord of winterfell <laughs> is the king he is the lord of the he's the lord of winterfell because he like what do you call it john has no claim to being the lord of a winterfell. he's a bastard b he's a targaryen he's a targaryen so he would be the lord of winterfell like yeah. who better to fucking represent the north right so they just wanted uh, sansa to have that last strong moment yeah. and it's like fuck off and like again it, it, i can kind of like, i get it like because she's been f- literally fucked over by so many guys her entire run that's mm. how she we have to end that character but i'm like he didn't really earn that Ending. No one earned anything. Oh, and I, I wanted to... I'll segue into this, that also no one was affected by their experiences in this last season. Uh, they literally... like Okay, so this is a world that is essentially a one-for-one medieval Europe. And then some dragons are born in the first season. Everyone's like... Because remember, grumpkins and snarks. No one believes in magic. No one thinks this is shit's real. It's just mm-hmm. legend from thousands of years ago. Then dragons are born. And everyone's like, oh, fuck, is this real? But that's all they see in terms of magic and weirdness. Now we have an entire population fight a literal army of zombies and ice demons. And the next day they're like, well, that was weird. On to the Iron Throne. <laughs> no one was affected That's by that. That's true, because they had to bring one right to Cersei Lannister before anyone even believed that they were they real. They were real. Yeah. But like the fact that like like all our major players weren't emotionally moved by fighting zombies no. it didn't affect their character and form their characters at all. No. It's just like we have a destination where we need these characters to get by the end of this season and yeah. we're just going to push them through the movements to get there. And everyone's saying subverted expectations which I think is fair. It's last Jedi level subverted expectations. Like literally the first scene in the first episode of the first season of Game of Thrones is setting up the White Walkers and then they're, it almost seems like they got bored with them. They're like, mm. oh, let's just get this out of the way in a mm. single episode, uh, which is practically real time, from when they attack to when Arya kills the Night King. Yeah. It's about 45 minutes of fighting yeah. in real time. Yeah. And they're calling it a great war. What I love about that is... war needs more than one battle. I love the fact that these guys marched all the way south, across the wall, and they're like, here's our first main adversary, Winterfell. Ah, Done. Done. Like, it's like, that was your big plan? That was the big plan. You got to the first castle and you fucking failed? And they phantom menaced it, that they had to kill the the, uh, droid control ship. Can we stop with that trope? It's so Can we stop with that show? I was rewatching it's the worst trope. I was rewatching uh, the first Avengers before Endgame, and I totally forgot they used that in that movie. I'm like, yeah, they what, do. What is a ridiculous trope that it's that, easy? Yeah, it's just. Like, I guess so. Like, how do you like? Because you can't like recall a whole army, but and you can't spend two hours killing every last member of the army. And what do you do with the ones who surrender? Blah blah blah. So it was second that happened. I remember being like, was that ever laid down? That if we, I guess, if I was. 
At the Battle of Hardholm, when Jon Snow kills a White Walker, a couple of the Whites around him die. Die, because, oh, he was one of the chief guys, and that's when they figure it out. Okay. But remember the baby? Like, there was a whole scene... What happened with the baby? Because not, like, if it was just one scene, and you're like, oh, he's making new ice demons with babies, sure, Craster's kids, but it literally showed up in two visions, that baby. Of Bran's visions of like quick clips of mm. this baby going zzz, becoming a White Walker, so it seemed like they were really trying to establish something. I was half expecting him to like Masters of the Universe Skeletor at the end. The baby would be like, "I'll be back," right. <laughs> and pop up during the end credits. Like, Ten thousand years from now, I'll be back. Right, but it just so many things just dead ended because it really felt like they just got bored. Like, they didn't want to finish the damn show. Well, because I'm mean, thinking of, like... Or they want to finish it too much. The, 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 like, the ending that all the Stark kids got, it all just felt very... They're all back where they started, except Bran. Yeah, like, Arya's off on her own adventure, doing her own thing. Sans is now, like, the, the new... Queen of Winterfell. Of Winterfell. The queen of the North. Sean's literally back in... But the, the that, yeah. again, okay, yeah. I want to preface this by, by saying, well, first of all, like, is John back at the, the black? Do you take the black? Or I think he, his thing was he left with the wildlings. He went left, so are people yeah. going to be hunting him down to behead him for betraying his position of, of being a Night's Watch, the way they killed the guy in the, literally the first episode again? Is there a night, They say, in, is there a Night's Watch still? There's always a place. They're always, Winterfell will always need a place for bastards and broken men, which is a, a good line. But, so um, maybe he's just on a patrol He's leading those kids back. Maybe. Because didn't he bring all the wildlings south of the yeah, wall? Yeah, and then they were like, we're, we're going back. Yeah, like we now that the, 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 what do you call it, the White Walkers are gone, we can bring you guys back. But they, And they showed a shot of a green plant growing through the snow. So is that to imply that destroying the Night King ended the long winter? Is it going to be like global warming Was now? There, I don't remember the green plant. I want yeah, that twice. It, I don't remember it panned that. up from a green plant growing out of the snow. Oh, snap. As they were walking, as John and all Maybe the Maybe I shouldn't be the best person to be commentating <laughs> this. I'm not paying attention at all. But I want all the... Everything we just talked about, I want the thing I want to preface it all with is the story that David Benioff and D.B. Weiss told about the original pilot for Game of Thrones, mm. which is uh, half the cast is different, um, and it was so horrible and confusing that HBO gave them $10 million to reshoot the pilot, and that's the pilot we got. Mm. So it's a pilot we'll never see. Different Daenerys, different... Uh, I think only the Stark kids were the same because there's this awkward, like, sexy scene of them being shaved with their shirts off in the first episode, and that was just to line their look up to the reshoots, because they had where all the all the actors had shaved and everything and moved on from the pilot episode, so that was just there to cover up physical differences in the actors. But the story they told was they showed this original pilot, and the final scene happened where there's two people having sex in a tower and they throw this little kid out of the tower. And the episode stopped, and all their friends were like, who were those two? Why, why is it so bad that they're having sex? Were they like, what? And he was like, they're brother and sister. They're Jamie and Cersei Lannister. And everyone was like, oh, we didn't get that at all. Mm. And, then, and then their comment was like, well, that's when we realized we had to reshoot it, and we weren't expressing what these characters were enough. That feels like all of season eight, because everything was done through facial acting yeah. and just long, like lofty shots of, of people walking through environments. Oh, I didn't know walking what, through environments. I didn't know what the fuck the motivation was. I didn't yeah. know what the, why these people were doing the things they were doing. Why wouldn't Jon Snow bang her? Why was he going north of the wall? So right. it all felt like that original feel, pilot story. I'm hard pressed to look for an arc for any character other than John and Daenerys. Like, even Arya, her What's whole What's John's thing, arc, though? I, again, hard-pressed. <laughs> like, Arya, like, walks all the way through Winterfell. Like, she fights, she kills the, the Night King, even though, sure. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the whole blue eyes, green eyes, I suppose we can correlate. That was supposed to be uh, her destiny. That was some, some retconning. I was about to say, it seems really like a stretch. I think the, the blue eyes could have been literally anyone. It was literally the second thing she said, too. It was mm. green eyes, blue eyes, brown eyes. Yeah. And it was supposed to be foreshadowing her time with the faceless men. Right. They just retconned it. So now... We got, like, Arya trucking up to Winterfell, and then the Hound's like, yeah, don't be like me. Go back down. So, if we didn't have that scene at, a, at all of her, of her saying goodbye to the Hound, aside from, like, a tearful goodbye from, like, those two characters, what changes in Arya's story arc? She comes back to Winterfell, fights for the North, and decides to fuck off. And she's always that character. She's always one. been that. So, like, what did that story add to her arc no, or anything? Nothing. Like, they all, all their arcs stopped around season five. Mm. And then they've just been essentially um, established characters going through plot. Yeah, yeah, Since, yeah. since then. Because there used to be a time where they built a character up and you walked for ages to get to a location yeah. and then, boom, that character was dead and your, so your expectations were subverted entirely. But what was great about they just didn't leave it there as shock mm-hmm. the rest of the kingdom had to fucking compensate Deal with this. there'd be a power vacuum and all of a sudden it would shift the whole board of like you know the titular game of thrones mm-hmm. and now it's just like people are dying just for shock yeah. just to or advance plot a- armor and yeah. people aren't dying exactly yeah and or like you know to influence one character we have to kill their best friend to have them do something else i'm like really that's yeah. the only that's all reason? you got it's a little utilitarian don't you think and like, also like when ned stark was beheaded and when the red wedding happened it was shocking mm-hmm. but if you went back and watched the episodes leading up to it you're like i'm an idiot for not seeing that this sure. was the only outcome right like there was no other outcome well like that show was always very good at being like whatever you think is like justice it doesn't always come to those reality happens it, it reality happens but they laid the groundwork so well because again they had and i don't want to say like they ran out a book and that's the only reason it got shitty because now that these later seasons have happened it's like going back and watching return of the jedi and seen the hints of the prequels. Yeah. When you go back and watch season one, two, and three now, you're like, this is great, but there are hints of shit in here. Right. Which you just sort of glossed over as an audience member back then because the overall story was so fascinating. But then they lost the overall story, so all that was left was those, those shitty moments. Right. Strewn together for full seasons. That's right. And, like, you know, I guess whenever you're, you're plotting out, like, little tiny minutiae like that, it only works if you pull through on those things successfully all the way right. in. Otherwise, they're just dead ends, right? You know, they, they, they said uh, they compared themselves to Breaking Bad. <laughs> and so Breaking Bad, you, you say this often about Breaking Bad. It's like they threw a dart in the first episode and it hit a bullseye in the series finale. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones threw a dart and then it just fell to the ground. And then they walked and they picked up the dart and they kind of dusted it off. And then they found another dart and then they threw it at the board yeah. and they hit next to the board. And then someone else was like, hey, you want to play pool? So we got the darts and we went and played we pool. Played pool. <laughs> Stuck the darts in your pocket. Yeah, it's, it's it's got by the end of it. It's like it doesn't even look like the same show no, anymore. No, it doesn't. Littlefinger's death last season. Uh, sums up a lot of things for me too because when you're making a story like this you have to th- realize that your characters are both characters and thematic representations of things uh, Littlefinger was a thematic representation of greed and infighting and rising the power mm-hmm. the ladder of power so when he died thematically speaking so should that have in Westeros mm-hmm. like Littlefinger's death should have accompanied the fact that uh, the moment when all the lords and ladies of Westeros went we gotta put our shit aside we got a bigger threat to deal with. But it didn't. He just unceremoniously died because they didn't know what to do with the character. And then the big thing they were all supposed to get along in order to be able to defeat, they didn't get along. The Northern Armies just destroyed it. And then it was also swept under the rug. It'd be like if you're making a movie about Trump and Hillary, but then the ultimate thing was global warming. 
and then they just no one works together. They stopped global warming unceremoniously, right. and then just went back to Trump and Hillary. Right, right. And you're like, what? And, then, and like, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff like that that just had no follow through. Mm. Like, you know, the Cersei's prophecy about like. Uh, mm. Or her brother's uh, hand around her neck. I and guess he was holding her neck. I guess when she was killed by a you rock. You know what I mean? Like it's just <laughs> <laughs> Tyrion crying over their corpses. I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. I was like, "You act. You fucking act, man. You just act your ass through that scene because uh, you don't got a lot to work with." I uh, I actually really like that scene. Oh, hey, really? Yeah. No, there's two scenes between because like I don't know. Tyrion's like to me, he's the. He's very equable, I find, the Tony Stark. He's the heart of that show. Which is why he should have died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he doesn't, <laughs> he's like, seeing him dust off a table and adjust chairs at the end, I'm like, what a, like... It, practically speaking, how could you write the Song of Ice and Fire without him? He was very influential to exactly, every event. Exactly. Anyway. That whole ending where they're at the table felt bit. like a bad skit. I was like, please stop it doing did. it. His, Tyrion's final line is, I once brought a goat and a honeycomb into a whorehouse. You're like, what, really? That's that's the big send-off for these characters, and they're all having this really camp dialogue. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, by the end of it, it just gets to the point where, like, I there's no follow-through on any of it. And so I, by the end of it, I think a lot of people this season noticed, hence that petition and all that stuff, but mm. it's been going on. If you go back and watch for a while now, where yeah, you, yeah. you can kind of feel them spinning their wheels of being like, listen, we're just going to lumber to this finale because <laughs> we don't know what else to do anymore. And what you said earlier is perfect. It's like uh, a few of us smelled something and then it took a while for everyone else to realize that the dog had shit in the corner. Right. And that smell was shit. Right. But a lot of us smelled it like before anyone else did. Yeah. Back it's in season five It's kind of like being led down a dark alleyway by a seedy character and some of you are like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, and then everyone else right. is like, no, it's cool, it's fine, it's fine. fine. Yeah. But maybe, And know. then next thing you know, your kidneys are stolen, you're yeah. in a bathtub full of ice. It was so much promise, because I have been going back and watching season one again, and it's it's gripping. And what, I guess one of the things, the, the real tell for me, is that I put on an episode from season one, and I blink, and it's over. I'm like, oh my god, that's it's over already? The credits are sure, already up? Yeah. And I remember that so often for Game of Thrones, I'd be watching the new episode and go, oh, it's over already? These, the last few seasons, I've had to pause so many times to just go, to take a break and go have a well, cigarette. Or... Like any sane human being, you can't sit through ten minutes of wordless tracking shots of people walking through shit. Can we, can I, we also talk about the fact that in the series, in six episodes you have to wrap up an entire epic series, and two episodes are almost dialogue-less. Just people just chilling. And or no, just to, I don't. I, the chilling one was one of my favorite episodes. That one's great, but like I'm because it's the like, old director from season one. It, but it kind of reminds me of like. Now seeing the overall plot, you kind of want to give it this doom and gloom of tomorrow's the big night where this is mm. the big fight where we're all likely going to die. But that for a full episode, then it should have been a season-long fight. Yep. But, but instead... The Battle of Winterfell and the Battle of King's Landing are both almost dialogue-free episodes. And I was like, I've been sitting watching this for 20 minutes now. No one said anything. It's just been ongoing battle. And you have three episodes left until the series finale... Are you fucking kidding me right now? And that's what made me laugh about Tyrion, I think, is because I actually, when the show started and it's Tyrion and one long shot walking, and then that, that hilarious burnt guy walks past them. And made, was with, I forgot about the burnt guy. It made me really chuckle. Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, God, like, this is your last episode. Why the why is it 10 minutes of Tyrion walking? I know. I remember watching that scene being like, 
okay, you're kidding me, right? Let's like, go, let's go. You let's gotta go. be shitting me. Like, you have so much to do even mm. in this last episode, and you're gonna spend 10 minutes of just fucking him walking through Walk shit it. that we just saw yeah. at the end of the last episode. And I think what made me laugh about him finding his brother and sister was, like, I get emotionally, like, from an acting perspective, these are your family, these are the only people you've ever cared about, but from an audience perspective, it's like, I don't care anymore. I don't care we about Jamie and Cersei. Yeah. I, I know they're dead. We don't need Peter Dinklage breaking down and smashing a rock trying to get his fucking Emmy scene. Mm. Like, just move on. Let's I get going. To, I did like that one scene in the last episode, though, where never... That's what I was going to say. Whenever mm. Tyrion freed him and he was just like, you you were the only person who cared about me. And I was like, that. there's glimpses of like... Mm-hmm. Again, that's a thread we've been pulling from the first season, which is why it's so satisfying. Like... I don't want to sound like a broken record. That's why whenever you show the MCU walk out of a portal, I've been waiting 22 movies for just to see that shot. That kind of felt like a micro version of that. Just like, oh, there's finally a payoff to the relationship between these two brothers. I would have been more affected by that if they hadn't completely undermined Jamie's entire story. His entire redemption story was what we're pulling out from under him like a magician pulling a, a tablecloth off a table and he just went back to Cersei and died. He should have mercy killed her. That would have satisfied both her role as a villain that developed and him as a hero. He should have just been like, we're going to die. This, or, or, or have a setup where she's going to kill him. Like, I, I guess the thing is to fix anything in season eight, you have to fix season seven, season six, and season five. Mm. So it's like it's like a tapestry. You pull out one thread and you're like, oh, fuck, I got right. to redo this whole thing. I just would have loved it if like, and it also would have circled back to the Red Wedding of like, it's kind of like revenge from the mm-hmm. North. Jamie went to fight for the North and now, you know what? Mm-hmm. I got to kill your unborn child because it's the right thing to do. And also you're kind of a horrible you're kind human of a being. monster. Yeah. And I got to say too, I think I would have been less critical and they only did it again for shock value. Like they don't, I don't think David Benioff and D.B. Weiss understand that it wasn't just shock value the red wedding and ned stark's head yeah i think their interpretation of the books is actually not that great when you really analyze it they Mm. just followed it so closely that it was like oh this story's so amazing i'm hooked but for them to um have put the long night battle before the final episodes makes no sense to me and i think if they just flipped that if they'd had daenerys say oh i'll help you fight the white walkers but first you have to help me take king's landing yeah and then all the crazy shit with daenerys happened and then with a crazy daenerys on the throne all of a sudden, White Walkers fucking show up. Right. And they treated the end of the episode like they were rebuilding the entire world, but I think the Iron Bank still exists. All of Essos still There's exists. a bunch of different countries that we just kind of swept under the rug. Slaver's Bay is going to be like, oh, Daenerys dead? Okay, back to being exactly, Slaver's exactly, Bay. Exactly, yeah. So they were treating it like the White Walkers got to take over the whole world and were stopped at the last second, when in fact they were stopped right away. Yeah. So the politics wouldn't have gone that way. Uh, you know what I everyone mean? Everyone that Daenerys defied would have easily just been like, easily. oh, fuck her. Like, yeah, the dragons dead. are dead. Yeah. Well, she's gone. There's a crippled kid on the throne. Yeah. I'm like, this is it now. What's he going to do, warg into me? <laughs> right. So I think I think they could have saved a lot of grief by flipping that. And I think they, that been interesting. they only didn't flip it. They only did it the way they did it for their... A subverted expectation shock value, mm-hmm. which never goes well. No, no. Query. Never. Hmm. Why does the dragon burn the throne? My thought to it was, again, there wasn't the setup for this, but the dragon realized that the, this, the pursuit of this thing was what killed his mother. Which he it, put that all together, did he? Which implies an intelligence, which I'm completely cool with. Right. It's a fucking magic dragon. Yeah, it is a magic dragon. And Smaug could talk, mm-hmm. right? But my problem with it is that they hadn't set it up prior. Yeah. Prior to this episode, he was killing children to eat, and that's why he, they had to be chained. Yeah, that's right. Right? It's like, Daenerys chained her dragons because innocent children died. 
that same character and it a couple broke years later. And it almost yeah. broke her. A couple years later, burnt and his children alive. I think that's the one that got me. The I, when I was watching the recap, was that was it? Like the whole arc about like this farmer lost his daughter, and she's so devastated by it. I'm like. I can't buy your turn to burning an entire city of children and less than two years later. Drogon probably had more fucking sense than that. He was probably... You know what I'm saying? That's that's how I took it, was that if this is an intelligent, magical beast, he probably was like, why the fuck are we killing all these innocent people? This throne, this pursuit for this, this fucking thing is what killed my mom, and so he burnt it. That's how I took it. But but again, much like Daenerys' 180 to become a Mad Queen, they 180'd him into being an intelligent magic dragon rather than a horse... You know, like the intelligent... They always seem like they were about as smart as a horse. Right, sure. But suddenly they're as smart as a person. Right. Maybe a little more setup yeah. for that for that payoff would have it's, been appropriate. It, it's such a strange... And considering they took a year off and everything, it's like, you had all this time. Right? You had four seasons off book. You needed, I don't and, understand. And why is it so hard to have one line of Jon Snow saying, I can't bed you, you're my aunt, it's weird. Mm-hmm. And one line of... Like Jon Snow being like, oh, I've never ridden a dragon before. It's like a horse. And Daenerys going, oh, they're much smarter than horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one fucking line. Yep. That's all it would have taken. But then I, I just go back to that damned pilot episode where people watched it and didn't know that Jamie and Cersei were brother and sister. They don't understand how to visually tell a story. No, not at all. And they directed the finale. Yeah, that it all kind of adds up now because I'm sitting here thinking about like how the fuck do you kill an entire legion of Dothraki soldiers only to have them standing right there right next there. to you have to be not fucking paying attention. This is how you get water yeah. bottles and coffee cups left in the background of every fucking episode. I think the water bottle was a mistake. I do not think for a second the coffee cup was a mistake. That was intentional marketing. That's some fucking hardcore marketing. Everyone was talking about Starbucks for a week. It's not a Starbucks cup, though. That's the irony. It is a Starbucks cup. Nah, it's did, that green circle. Nah, it's, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Amelia Clark talked about, I think, on craft services was like, it's a craft service cup. She was like, are you fucking kidding me? We don't have Starbucks on really? the set. No, they just have st- a standard craft services cup, which I guess has a some sort of logo on it. I don't know, but but that, Starbucks was like, if you're going to talk about our coffee, we're not going to stop you. So. See, that tickles my conspiracy brain a little because like, that's if you were a marketing executive and you went up to the creators of Game of Thrones and said, I got a fucking idea for you. Mm. Because what makes me suspicious of it is how quickly they were able to put up the episode without the cup in it. You know how long it takes to like render that shit and get it ready? To flip out a cup? To put, they have to re, like, re-render the entire episode to prepare it for streaming and to put it back online. Hmm. That doesn't take 24 hours, right? But you're HBO. You got, you got money. It takes some time, You got though. some sweet Game of Thrones money. They seem like they were right on the ability to, to put up the proper thing. Hmm, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's savvy marketing. Like, think about, like, think about back in the 80s how Kubrick was obsessed with subliminal marketing. The mm. ice cubes and Coke machines that looked like naked ladies and how all of The Shining was based off of subliminal marketing. That's why it's such a fucking weird movie. Yeah. That's 40 years ago. You don't think that marketing executives have gotten even savvier of being like, okay, if we accidentally have a Starbucks cup or a cup that looks like Starbucks in a shot of the most popular show on television, we'll give you $10 million. After the water ball? No, I'm going to say some sloppy bullshit fucking production design. I don't know. I I, kind of wrestle back and forth with that. I wouldn't be surprised in 10 years if we find out, like, oh, no, that was just some guerrilla marketing. I don't know. It's just too... Because the, the water bottle's behind the chair seat. You can just see the side of it popping out. Everyone I know who actually works in editing, there's no like, way you there's don't. No way you would have missed it's, that. There's enough space in the composition. Hundreds that shot, of yeah. eyes would have seen that shot yeah. before it ever went out. There's no way you'd have to be like first year film hack mm. to have missed that shit. So it just raises like a mm, in my brain where I'm like, 
I want to know how much money Starbucks gave the production. Well, I, I, guerrilla marketing is alive and well, and it makes me always kind of wonder. Well, it won't erase 20 million signatures on a petition. That's crazy. <laughs> Let's talk about that, because I'm of two minds of it, where I think it's fucking hilarious, mm-hmm. and I love the idea that, that the, the Dumb and Dumber writers are going to actually have... Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> That's not mine, by the way, because they're David and David, D&D, right? D&D, people call them the D&D. And Dumb and Dumber. Um... <laughs> They're going to have a shitty day over it. Maybe they'll lose Star Wars over it. It kind of makes me chuckle. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I don't get people getting angry about it. Like, I have some friends who are like, oh, I'm, everyone who signs that petition is a fucking loser. Like, why would you waste your time? I'm like, eh, it's funny. But what I don't they, think these people understand how petitions work. To no, me, but. that's <laughs> what makes me sad, is that you can't get a million signatures to stop, like, uh, like horrible abortion laws. <laughs> but you can get a million signatures to remake our precious fucking Game of Thrones. Makes me super sad. Like, I, I love the notion that these people are genuinely picturing a world where they submit this petition. And, and they're like, it. well, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll release a comic book. But it's sort of like um, how uh, some some redneck piece of shit put up a, a, a fundraiser for building the wall, Trump's wall, and they made like $20 million off it. I'm like, so you just proved that you sacks of shit working together can put together like $20 million. That money could go towards helping the immigrants was, that you're trying to build a wall for. Same thing would have happened with Notre Dame. Like, listen, I love preserving art and like oh, the as much as humanly possible. Yeah. Like, when the second it went on fire and a bunch of billionaires dumped a bunch of money on, I'm like, so we can do this many times over. Like we just that. choose not to. And I understand. Dumping not money onto a institution that doesn't pay taxes and one of, is one of the richest institutions <sighs> the most, in the entire planet. More than planet. enough money to pay for it. So, yeah, anyone who donated to Notre Dame is... Fuck you. Yeah. I'm straight up uh, saying go fuck yourself. Yeah. That money could have been used so much better in so many different ways. And well, as a former member, Catholic Church ain't hurting for the money. I've seen how much they get. <laughs> there was a meme, and I don't remember what it was, but it was showing like like Honduras uh, burning and or like some Iraqi or Iran museum that had been bombed by U.S. troops and all these different like big um, um, historical things who have been destroyed. No one donated it. Mm-hmm. But a church goes down. Yeah. Gotta gotta get the church back. Oh, people like it. They take their pictures outside of it and fucking finger fuck outside of it. Presumably, it's so pathetic. <laughs> I would never. I would never <laughs> sign that Game of Thrones petition. It makes me chuckle, and I definitely wouldn't give money to a fucking church. Yeah, <laughs> ever. So they have it, HBO. What do you <laughs> take that? But um, I. It's really disappointing because I really liked Game of Thrones. I mean, those first four seasons, I was I watched them live from episode one. You compared it to Dexter, and now that you say it like that, it's really not that surprising. Oh, like, how let's many, get into that. How many fucking shows get past, like, the four-year mark and are still phenomenal still to good. the end, you know? Uh, we were talking about, Sam and I were talking about this, where it's like, um, Breaking Bad obviously did it. Better Call Saul seems like it's on rude road to do it. But they're smart. They're like fives and we're done. Five, I think they're going six now with Saul. Ooh. They suggested, and I'm not happy about that yeah, either. Yeah, ooh. I think because they're starting to get popular now. So they're like, oh, we're only getting money from this now? Mm. Shit, we got to keep going. But um, I'm thinking Star Trek. Every Star Trek series was good right to the end. They went seven years apiece. Hmm. Um, it's like, I don't know. I think there's more series that can pull it off than fail. Think of sitcoms. sitcoms but like on this production bad. scale, and also like you're based on a book. Like There's just so many X factors in this one where I'm like, you, like by pure virtue of the fact that like, you're not it's not an original story and mm. you went off book you had all these expectations you had like a bunch of groundwork you could have uh, sourced from cherry picked from originally but didn't and then didn't so I don't know that's just you're doomed to fail after yeah. that you know like there's no way yeah. hey dude you want to do a TV series about post like 
Hobbit Tolkien. It's like, no, 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 yeah, no, like, no, 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 no. Or post the King, Return of the King. Like, it's just, there's no way. But can you imagine? I know Return of the King is the tropes they were trying to avoid, like the Lord of the Rings tropes, because mm. they, they invented the tropes, so they're not fucking tropes. They're the thing that invented them. Mm. And George R. R. Martin has said, and so have the showrunners have said, they wanted to avoid that at all costs. But still, at the same time, can you imagine if, if Frodo and Sam just disappeared and at the end of Two Towers destroyed the ring and then Return of the King was just about the fight for the crown? Right, yeah. Like, how boring would that be? Like, yeah. once the major threat's gone, everyone who died after the White Walkers attack died in vain. Yeah. For vanity. Right, yeah, it's true, that's true. That's <laughs> like a ridiculous fight. Um, but yeah, Dexter, I said this to you earlier, it lines up, Dexter's eight seasons. In season four, the original showrunners of Dexter said, we've told every story... We've an, we've analyzed every aspect of Dexter's personality that we want to analyze. We just mm. want to kill him off now and move on. And Showtime said no, so they left the show. And one of the staff writers was promoted to showrunner, and he didn't have an outline. He didn't know what the overall arc was in their minds. They took their work with them when they left, and so he just made it villain of the week kind of thing, villain of the season. Every season, season five, six, seven, and eight of Dexter were just who's the new guy Dexter gotcha. has to go against, and it got atrocious at the end anyone who knows Dexter knows how bad it got and I think that that lines up with Game of Thrones wherein it is still David Benioff and D.B. Weiss running out of book was akin to the head writers leaving right and now these guys are just left to go ah your golden goose leaves what the fuck do we do yeah Yeah. so it's 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 funny that it ended so badly (laughs) cause I, I know people will will like play like there's a lot of Game of Thrones apologists who I think are just so obsessed with the show, the same people who will just blindly defend like Marvel You'd or be DC. You'd pissed too or... if you named your daughter Daenerys. <laughs> you had to watch that finale. <laughs> I think anyone who named their daughter Daenerys deserves the fate they got. <laughs> but, um, fuck, what was I saying? I don't even remember where I was going with that. But I do have a good story about a horrible person who named their daughter Daenerys. Oh, yeah? Um, I was on the bus once back when I lived in Toronto, and, uh, this, like, ratty, horrible, like, fucking soccer mom was on the bus with her two kids. And she had a son who was about five and a daughter who was probably about three. And she just was being, like, she was just a shitty mom. And so she was kind of aggressively trying to get them off the bus. And she was like, come, come, Daniel. Get your daughter Daenerys. We have to get to your father's before he's before he leaves for the weekend to drop you off there. And she was just such a shitty person and she named her fucking kid Daenerys. So anyone who named their kid Daenerys kind of deserves yep. the yep. fate that they got. <laughs> I have a cat named Arya, but I didn't name it. And I still to this day, I'm like, fuck, I wish you didn't recognize your name. I would change it in a heartbeat. <laughs> the last kind of note that I wanted to make was that, so the entire point of the series was to turn uh, a royalty, uh, what's it called? A monarchy. A, a monarchy into a light democracy. Oh, Which is what the Iron Islands already did. They had King's Moot to pick their next king. So it wasn't like some bizarre, never perceived of before concept mm-hmm. the way it happened in reality in our history, how we went from a monarchy to a light democracy to a full, full, if quote unquote, yeah. <laughs> uh, democracy. But that was it. Everything happened just for that transition that already existed in this world. Mm. And everything kind of ended up the same level of peace as under Robert Brathian. So. It was all for nothing. It literally was all for nothing. It was eight years of for nothing. Maybe eight years. I don't know. The kids grew up, but then the um, um, Sam's kid, the baby... Baby Sam? Uh, not the one she was pregnant with in the second last episode, but the actual kid that she had. Um, 
Little Sam. It was Sam, wasn't it? It was Sam. Yeah, it was called Sam. She named him after Because Gilly has two Sams. That was my thing I, every time I watched it, because Gilly seems a little slow. She's a little... So I just love the well, idea. she's supposed to be inbred. I always love So she always has to establish, like, Hey, Sam, not you, Sam. I'm talking about the baby Sam. Sam. Not you, you're yeah. the adult Sam. <laughs> I need milk for Sam. Just to clarify, it's not for you, Sam. It's the other Sam. <laughs> it's baby Sam. But that baby never grew up. No. That baby was a baby since, like, season two. That's correct. But everyone else grew it's up. Got, it's, 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 it's mother's inbred. And it's it, got, it is also inbred. Yeah, it's got a lot of health problems. Yeah. What do you want? It just Maybe she, they should have just killed the baby. It's, off. like, seven years old, but it looks like an infant. What do you want? You know in the book, that baby dies and is swapped out for um, the King Beyond the Wall uh, baby. Baby. To what purpose around? Uh, to maintain his lineage. Ah. Uh, Mance Raider's baby. Yeah. Baby. Gilly's baby dies, and they switch... Gilly. Uh, uh, Mance's baby in there. And Mance is still alive, too, in the books. Mm, fascinating. Yeah. Would have been a lot more interesting than Gilly being shoved at the background of this one. And being pregnant, knocked up by Sam. That's right. Who became maester of fucking... Did not... Did they not destroy <laughs> the castle in the second last episode? Yeah. They rebuilt it. That quickly? Because fuck you. You know what bugged me? <laughs> this is a total nitpick, but it, this bugged the shit out of me. Was Remember Heron Hall, the castle that Arya and everyone went to in season two? With the hole, the window door? The... Where she was, uh, where she met the faceless man. Oh, I'm sorry, yes. And where she hung out with Tywin Lannister. And there's a whole scene talking about how Dragonfire brought this castle down. So the whole castle looked like a melted candle. Yeah, that's right. Because Dragonfire melts rock, that's how you get obsidian. Dragonglass Mm -hmm. is the only thing that can kill White Walkers for some fucking reason. I guess we'll find out in the HBO prequel series. That's right. All of this was saved for the prequel series. That's the most maddening thing. Anyways. uh, (laughs) The thing that annoyed me was that just to match up with that vision Daenerys had in season one, they had the, the Red Keep look like it had bombed out. Like a Baghdad building that had been bombed. Yeah. Where was all the melted dragon stone? Like, she used dragon fire to bring to, down the castle. Bring, yeah, but for some reason in that last episode, dragon fire could either... Shit up. Yeah, it could either melt stuff or blow through it like a laser blast. Right. So it wasn't really clear. It just had a big Death Star laser. Yeah. So, and wouldn't that have fixed it? Because in the original um, vision she had, it was snow because there's icicles everywhere. Mm-hmm. If they'd grown a retcon it, why not make that melted stone? That would smart. Right? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> This is also the show that literally had a position, a paid position of someone whose entire job was to map out how long it would take to get from one place to the other. Yep. And they fired him in season six. Yep. And that's <laughs> whenever people started fast traveling all over the place. Yeah, it started warping everywhere. There's a great video someone edited together, so it's essentially like the fast travel cutscene from like a Grand Theft Auto game. Right. And you're like, you might as well. Like, yeah. post-season five, you might as well have just... <laughs> just cut to a gray, a black and white loading screen. <laughs> <laughs> like a little graphic of a fucking dragon flying in the corner. I remember the, the second last episode made me laugh so hard because they tried they tried because uh, Jon Snow's army was marching down to King's Landing. They said it would take a fortnight, which is half the time yeah. that it took in the pilot when when uh, Baratheon came up. I was like, we've been on the road for a month. Yeah, but still, I was like, all right, at least you're fucking trying. But then Daenerys had enough time to go to Dragonstone. Go to King's Landing, back to Dragonstone, back to King's Landing, back to Dragonstone, and then met Jon Snow on the beach as he was coming off a boat being like, oh, the men are almost there. And I remember at that point, I was like, fuck off. Yeah. The amount of times I just go, fuck off. Game of it wouldn't have been so bad if you didn't really drive down the throats of the audience that, like, it takes for fucking ever to walk to a place over the course of it's four. It's a continent. Yeah, it's a fucking continent. It's just, it's just sad. It's just disappointing. 
it's just disappointing because those guys are really not good. They're not good. Like, usually I try to, I know I always bluster and say, like, oh, fuck these guys, they're hacks. And usually I try to, like, put in an asterisk and go, not really. They just, they just maybe fucked up in this one point. Mm -hmm. I do honestly think, if you look at their history of what those two wrote and yeah. created, it's like X-Men Origins, Wolverine, and a bunch of, like, un... Did they write Wolverine? Yeah. Not both of them. The one uh, David Benioff wrote. Dang. Which suddenly makes that, so much sense. I was about to say, there's a lot of parallels I can draw in that movie of, mm -hmm. like, it's his characters moving from scene to scene. And no having, like, bashing you on the head thing, like, we hunted our own kind, Logan. Yeah. Like, bashing on your head. And then at commentary. the end, there's a big explosion, you know? Yeah. Like, and they just fuck up characters, beloved characters. Fuck wow. Fucking beloved characters. And, like, it tonally feels very similar. Yeah. Interesting. So I do, I think these guys lucked the fuck out by adapting... A really great book, but also listen to the criticisms. But then must have like a woman must have broke one of their hearts because they were going super girl power, and then suddenly it's like a white dude on the throne, and women need to shut up in the final episode. Right, right, right. <laughs> Someone went through a divorce. Right. I'm a big Black Keys fan. There's a distinct album called Turn Blue, where it's right after Dan Orbach's divorce, and it's one of the most melancholy, saddest <laughs> albums you have ever heard in your life. You're like, someone's got to take the gun out of his hand and replace it with a guitar. Because holy shit, <laughs> like, this is so depressing. But like, there's one track I love at the end of that album, where because it, it's brooding, and it couldn't be the more, most upbeat shit I've ever heard. With the worst lyrics ever, it's like, I went from Timbuktu to Kalamazoo just to get away from you, and it's like... Mm -hmm. That was the equivalent of watching Tyrion sit around a table with everybody at the end, being like this uplifting, dorky yeah. ending of like, ugh. I mean, I'm not in the book. You didn't <laughs> mention me in the book. <laughs> Fuck you. And again, honestly, how could that character not be mentioned in the history of the it battles? It makes no sense. Like, yeah. And everyone, uh, but I love both people got fucked because everyone says it's a Game of Thrones. It's all about who sits on the Iron Throne. And then, obviously, the counterpoint to that is, well, it's A Song of Ice and Fire. The first book's called Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. They just use that title. So the, the Long Night happened, and it was unceremoniously swept under the rug because they didn't know what to do with it. And then the Iron Throne was burnt by a pissed-off dragon before anyone got to sit on it. That's right. So no one got what they wanted. <laughs> I don't think Game of Thrones is about not getting what you want. It's about being surprised by the turn of events because usually shit doesn't go but down you, that way. Yeah, and usually it's... justice doesn't favor any one side. Right. This doesn't really fall in line with that at all. I think, I think they got scared because at Game of Thrones, all it did was take standard tropes and twist them. So it's like, well, in in a movie, a main character would be dragged out to have their head cut off, but at the last second, they'd be saved. In Game of Thrones is the real fucking world. They don't get saved at the last second. Yeah. So I think everyone got wise to them, and the creators were like, well, I guess we just have to make nonsensical twists now in order to yeah. generate that the same surprise. It's the Shyamalan effect. Yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. All it needed was uh, Marky Mark and a tree. <laughs> That's all the series the Fucking needed. series ends with fucking Jamie and Cersei being drowned in a puddle outside the Red Keep. <laughs> I'd almost push that from my mind. Oh. <laughs> it kind of did. It really did. <laughs> CGI bricks aren't any better. <laughs> you know, I honestly thought for a second when Tyrion went down there and saw the light uh, in the arch that was full of rubble that he was going to find them alive. Right. I was like, oh my god, they're going to still be fucking alive. They're going to still be alive. <laughs> <laughs> or like in the war, even worse, you see the hand, and then he just finds the hand, like it's detached, yeah, so like they right. might have gotten away right, or right. some shit. Something. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. It was... 
I think it transcends nerdy bitching and it just becomes honest bad writing. Yep. No, at this point, I think the consensus is pretty clear. Yeah, yeah I agree. Like, I don't know. It was just because people were pissed about the Red Wedding, but they it, they were they still loved the show. They still tuned in. They still it, tuned in. And like they, now I get there's that's not an option, but that's it's different from everyone having a public outcry of like right. we demand a rewrite. After you know? the Red Wedding, people were pissed that they were they didn't see the hints leading to it, and they were shocked that their main the beloved characters were killed. But no one started a petition to remake it. Yeah, they were just like, "Fuck, that's crazy!" What and happens awesome, next? Yeah. crazy. Yeah, this is just. Badly done. It's and clumsy. so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's the one thing I kept thinking when I watched them. Like, I've never seen such an expensive misuse of money in my entire life. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what is this? The last Jedi? <laughs> oh god. I don't know. I think uh, I think I think I'm done. <laughs> DB Weiss and Benahoff coming to Star Wars in twenty twenty. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I really hope they lose that. I really do. I'm sorry, guys. You, you, you deserve nothing. You deserve nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, there it is, guys. Uh, yeah. If you're as angry as we are, please like and subscribe <laughs> to hear us being angry about other things in the future. <laughs> and if you disagree with us completely, please leave a comment and we will uh, probably disagree with you. But we'll do it publicly. That'll be fun. Alright, that's it for this one. We should... Are we done? We good? Yeah. Alright. Next week we'll be back with the 30th anniversary of Batman. And Last Crusade, yeah. Indiana Jones Part 3. Part 3. The Last then. Adventure of Sala. And, uh, and Marcus Brody. What's a good uh, final fucking Game of Thrones line to end the podcast? I don't even know. They had, they had no I Love You 3000. I got one. Know. What? You're shit at dying. <laughs> <laughs>